0: Welcome to The Soft Life with Sadie Baddies. Sadie Baddies is the antidote to mental health stigma, and this podcast is hosted by yours truly, Priscilla O. Adjman. We are a virtual sanctuary centering Black and multiracial people, and we prioritize the mental and emotional nourishment that is the foundation of collective healing in our communities. Thank you for being here. Welcome back to The Soft Life Baddies. Happy October, happy Libra season, and soon-to-be Scorpio season So, all my Libras and Scorpios out there. I hope that you're having a beautiful fall and easing into the season. Last week, we actually two weeks ago, we dropped our episode on designing your morning and night rituals and routines. And we shared the concept of designing a morning and night menu, which is the foundation and the template of starting your day off or ending your day with ease and softness. We also have started our own Substack. So if you are on Substack and you love reading long form content as much as we do, join us on Substack. The link will be in our bio, satibaddies.substack.com. Here you'll have way more in-depth articles and pieces and think pieces and lists and suggestions and kind of just all of our musings that we share and want to share through written format, which is our favorite format next, of course. Audio. And I hope that you just join this growing family of creatives and writers and people that are really introspective and want to dig a little bit deeper beyond maybe what you see on Instagram, on TikTok. So definitely tap into last week's episode if you haven't already. And also, just a quick update. As far as our recording schedule, we have decided to actually go back to our original posting schedule, which is uploading episodes bi-weekly. So every two weeks you will have a new episode. And reason being, because I want to keep it honest with you, creating long-form content and anyone who does create long-form content, um, videos, YouTube videos, podcasts, books, Anything that requires more length of time, I really think that when you dedicate and carve out time to creating and slowing down the process of executing and sharing, I've been feeling so much more inspired and I'm in this for the long haul. As I tell you all the time, being a creative person is a life's mission for me and I don't see myself rushing out of doing podcasting or running Satty Baddies anytime soon. And because I am so committed and so rooted and grounded into this work, I need to find a pace that works for me. I need to find a pace that's sustainable because I really have been seeing a lot of burnout among Black wellness leaders, especially Black women wellness leaders. And a lot of us are really burnt out because we do not give ourselves time to regroup after producing and executing and creating and ideating and doing all of this work. A lot of it is also by ourselves sometimes. And I'm so grateful and fortunate to have a, a small team that helps so much and helps bring this show to life. But Realistically, it is a lot of work and I really believe in slowing down and what is the soft life if I'm not practicing softness myself and giving myself compassion, right? So I just want to share that little update with you and um, bi-weekly episodes will be out every two weeks and you can expect a mix of solo and guest episodes. And today we actually have our very first guest episode of the season with none other than Dominique Webb, who you may know as Fairy Brand Mother on Instagram and all the other social media platforms. She is the chief creative officer at Cult Creative Agency, which is a remote brand design agency and marketing consultancy for women of color owned brands. Dominique is a seasoned creative with over a decade of experience in the industry. And she is so well known for her innovative ideas and her impeccable, and I really truly mean impeccable execution regarding brand building, content marketing, social media, and graphic design. Dominique has worked with many well-known brands such as Fenty Beauty and Fenty Corporation by Rihanna. I mean, come on. Issa Rae, Skims by Kim Kardashian, Netflix, and HBO Max. Dominique Webb has a deep understanding of Black culture and a passion for uplifting marginalized communities. And through Cult Creative Agency, she brings a unique perspective to her work. She is dedicated to creating branding and marketing solutions that are both aesthetically pleasing and socially responsible. In addition to her work at Cult Creative Agency, Dominique is also one of only 13,000 Black women farmers. And she uses her spare time to revitalize and expand her farm in Tennessee named Cult Farms. I have so much love and respect for Dominique. She is incredible. She is such a sweetheart. She is a wealth of knowledge and inspiration and creativity. And I'm so, so, so excited to share this episode with you. If you are someone that is, especially if you're in into branding and marketing and uh, creative marketing as well, she is really the guru. She's that girl when it comes to this industry. And I have so much respect for her and admiration. And let's welcome Dominique into The Soft Life. Welcome to The Soft Life. Today we have the incredible, the multi-hyphenate, that girl, Dominique Webb, also known as Fairy Brandmother. And welcome to the Soft Life, Dom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. We're so happy to have you. Happy Friday. Happy Happy Friday. Yeah, we're so excited to talk today and First things first, we want to know what the vibe check is. How are you feeling right now in this present moment? We just chatted a little bit about how it's Venus retrograde. It's a holiday week and things are a little bit thrown off. But how are you feeling right now in this moment?
1: Um, I'm feeling good. Like, generally, I'm feeling grounded in myself. I feel I feel good. I feel present. Um, It's just been a little weird, like we were talking about earlier um, (laughs) this week. I, I, I feel a lot of mental fogginess more so than anything, uh, and having trouble focusing (laughs) on the tasks at hand, but I'm I'm feeling good generally. Yeah.
0: I love it. I love it. Same here. We're getting through the fog though. I think girls are, we're trying our best. Yeah. We're doing our best. That's all, that's all we can do. (laughs) Yes. And tell us your origin story in your own words. You know, where are you from? What city or what environment resonates most with your upbringing Mm -hmm. and you know you can share any other details about essentially who you are in your own words in a short little word so
1: i my origin story i love that um so (laughs) i am from originally antioch tennessee which is a small city outside of nashville Um, Mm -hmm. And so I normally just say I'm from Nashville (laughs) because a lot of people don't know where Antioch is. Uh, Born and raised, Tennessean, Southern girl, uh, I would say city girl before I moved to the country. Um, And yeah, I I lived in Nashville my entire life, went to school at UT, the University of Tennessee, Um, and uh, just kind of been living in in the South my whole life. And I, I would describe myself as a Southern bred City girl, turn
0: country girl. Yes, and for those who don't know, you are really giving like the Carrie Bradshaw of the South. I feel almost in a way. Oh my gosh! Wow! I'm gonna change my I'm gonna change my bio to that. Please, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Because I I mean, yes, I I think for a lot of folks, a lot of listeners um, know you, know of your work, but what you create, um, through your agency called creative agency is so dope as well as the farm that you have. So we'll get into that too, but I think it's, um, important to remember the setting that, you know, you have been in for the majority of your life and how you've set roots there, but you also are, from what we know, what we can see, it looks like you have, really evolved um mm-hmm. during your time yeah. living there. So yeah. can't wait to learn more about that.
1: Yeah. Um you asked me my big three. So I am a yes. Leo Sun, uh yes. Sag moon, yes. and a Aquarius rising. So I have a oh, lot no. of fire and air in my <laughs> in my chart, uh, I which is very prevalent in my personality, I would think. I'm a, I'm a pretty fiery individual, very opinionated. Yes. Um so I that that would be my word And I think I'm I'm I've brought up in the south, uh country, mm-hmm. loud, uh opinionated, <laughs> eclectic. I think that that's uh what I how I would describe myself and my upbringing. Very very different that. type of upbringing
0: for sure. <laughs> I love that you picked three words also. Country, mm-hmm. loud and eclectic. That's dope and um really paints a beautiful picture of your your vibe, your you know, aesthetic as well as what matters most to you as as far as your environment goes too. Um, I love that. And I love a Leo woman yeah, so much. I you. love fire sign women. People am a people down Leos, but
1: I'm like, we're actually not as self-centered as people make it seem. Um, I'm very, actually the opposite of that. I feel like I put a lot of my energy outward and not like towards me. So 100%. <laughs>
0: I honestly, I'll go to bat for Leo's, yes. okay? Because I'm like, they get such a bad rep. And I'm like, Leo's are some of the most caring people you We are. Need. I really think so. Thank you for yes, that. We for need sure. that support. So <laughs> sign Alliance right here, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we got to stick together. Um, so let's talk about Co-Creative Agency, the iconic agency that you've created. You, I would love you. to know in your own words what the background story is. The origin story is of co-creative.
1: Sure. So I'll start from college. So when I I graduated college, December twenty thirteen, uh, English major. I had a I was an English major because I love reading and writing. Um, and I but I didn't want to be a science major, even though I wanted to originally be a doctor. So I took English and I and I took all the prerequisites for medical school. Um, went through college like that and uh, had my sights set on going to med school. But when it came time to take the MCAT, I just bombed it (laughs) and I took it a few times and I just realized then that that wasn't my path. And so Mm -hmm. then I went into clinical research, uh, which was a very lucrative career for me. I worked all the way up to like director of clinical research. I thought that was going to be, my jam. And I hated corporate America because it actually was everything that I wasn't. I, like I said, I'm a very mm-hmm. eclectic person. I have a bunch of tattoos, big hair, long nails, and that's just so like opposite of what corporate yeah. America expected from me. Um So I,
0: I don't want to say, research.
1: yeah, especially for research. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm working yeah. with like clinical trials and that just yeah. wasn't the vibe. And I didn't yes. fit in. <laughs> I did not fit in. Feel so, yep. um, I I don't want to say that I was unemployable, but I had a problem keeping jobs. Um, mm-hmm. I I just was one of those very loud. Uh, you know, if something was wrong, I would vo- vocalize it. Uh, and that just wasn't the corporate standard. So I did not fit in. I lost a lot of jobs. And that's when I just decided after my, I think it was my second job loss, I got fired from that job um, for mm. something very stupid, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I <laughs> I went ahead and decided to start my own business because I needed, you know, money and I needed to keep myself afloat. So I started leaning on my English background and... Um, I created a copywriting studio called the writer's block. And so that Mm. is the origin of cult creative agency. It was originally a copywriting resume writing, uh, business, and it was very lucrative. I loved it for the, for a while. And then it became, um, kind of tedious. And so I ended up changing routes from copywriting and resume writing and moving into graphic design. So I'm a self-taught designer. I actually haven't been designing that long. Um, When I decided to shift gears from copywriting to designing, because I was designing all of my own graphics at the time, I realized Mm -hmm. that there was a kind of like gap in that. Um, One, there's not a lot of black owned agencies um, and there's very few black designers. So I was like, I want to create something that is solely for us that's geared toward black and brown brands. And so that's where Colt was born. I rebranded the writer's block into Colt Creative Agency. And I've been doing that ever since. And we turned seven next week.
0: So oh we've been my doing God.
1: that for a long time.
0: Yeah. How alive. Yeah.
1: So I, I really, um, that, that's kind of where, where we branched off. And um, now I'm just trying to grow the agency and become like a, a Kylie Jenner and start making sub <laughs> brands from that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it first of all I mean happy early birthday Thank to co-creative that is dope today is also July 7th I seven know. seven seven year and it's yeah that's yeah. just like I love the numerology there um that is so dope and I you know I stand. A nonlinear path. Ooh, I'm all, ooh. I'm so here for the nonlinear path, the detours, the rerouting of life is honestly, that's where the magic happens. Yeah. And yeah. I think the more people lean into that, just like you did with, you know, coming from a clinical research background, I myself have a background in clinical research. Energy, oh my gosh. Yeah, we yeah. talked about that. Oh my gosh. We t- we touched on that a little bit. Um, So I know exactly how that field is. And yeah. it is very, um, there's, it's very sterile, yes. honestly, like, you know, so there's not a lot of room for creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, I also found myself in that kind of like feeling, um, not able to really wiggle out of, yeah. of that kind of like very strict, um, and predictable environment. Yes. And I'm so happy that you've followed your intuition. And it was
1: hard to do that at first though, Yeah, Um, because at the time, you know, now we're in a more creatively like pleasing era where people, you know, it's acceptable and palatable to be an entrepreneur. But at the time I had just graduated like two years prior, well, about three years prior before I created the business. And it wasn't the norm to be an entrepreneur in the creative field. And so I was really stepping out on uncharted territory of and, and it wasn't as accepted as it is
0: now. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that makes so much sense because I was going to say, you know, about seven years ago, we didn't really, I didn't know really anyone my age that was a CEO or was mm-hmm. an entrepreneur or started their own business or agency. Yeah, that was of course, people of. don't take you seriously, you know. Right. Of first. course. Yeah. And I feel like if there were people that were self-employed, it was like, I'm a real estate agent or, um, I'm in the service, like the beauty service industry, Mm. you know, for example, um, like I do hair, I do nails and, you know, now we're seeing so much of a wider pool of what it means to be a creative entrepreneur. So can you talk more about how you, you know, you gravitated towards being a creative, um, entrepreneur for all time, but when did you know it was, okay, this is my moment beyond, you know, the aftermath or the circumstances you were in with your corporate role and not wanting to have that be a long-term goal for you. When did, did you have a download or did you have something that really made you realize like it's time to leave and pivot? Yeah, I just, I think that I always knew uh, because Mm -hmm.
1: even the the thing where I said in college, I don't want to take a bi- I don't want to be like a scientific major. That yeah. should have been kind of the thing that told me, like, maybe this isn't what you want to do. I knew yeah. that being a doctor was lucrative. And I think that, you know, coming from a, a, a very like working poor background, um, I was looking for the most lucrative thing. And I loved Gray's Anatomy and all that stuff. So I was like, yes. Doctor is, <laughs> oh my God. Like, that is me. Right. Yes. And yep. so um, throughout college, like, I hated all of my science classes. So that kind of was my, uh, inkling that maybe this isn't for me, but I kept pushing. Um, yeah. I would say when I got fired, that was the biggest turning point for me that this mm-hmm. is not what I need, you know, and even the, yeah. no amount of money would make me happy. Because like I said, I was the director of clinical research and you know, that was a lucrative position. I was making six yes. figures way before I started my business, but I yeah. hated it. And so I just was like, it, it was spiritual. I think um, for me, mm. I, had, I felt it in my spirit that this isn't for me. And if I really want to make the impact that I know I can make, I have to just step out on faith. And so that yeah. was when I started the writer's block. And it was it was scary at first. And I took a very huge pay cut, you know, obviously. Yeah. But I made it work. Um, but that was yeah. my first I, I think I had all uh, all the signs along the way. Told me that that wasn't the career path for me, but I was kind of resisting. And I finally, after getting fired the second time was like, yeah, this is not it. You know, Yeah, Yeah. this is not it.
0: When you know, you know, when you know, you know, know. yeah,
1: you got to lean into it, even if it's scary.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I want to hear more about some of the highlights and the achievements and maybe even like your favorite projects that you've worked with or your yeah, dream you. clients you've worked with, with co creative Yeah.
1: So I, we have, the way that we are now modeling the agency, I still work with like starter businesses because mm. that's just like I, my my passion and I've been there. So I understand the challenges and um, I want to service Black-owned businesses, Black women-owned businesses, especially. Uh, so I love that we work with smaller brands, but I also work with, you know, celebrity brands. I've worked with Fenty. Uh, I've worked with Issa Ray on Insecure. Um, it is so, yeah, (laughs) we've had some really great, uh, project, so I can't really name a favorite. I think every project that I take on has a sentimental value to me because I see either myself in that brand or I really align with the mission. Um, but all of the brands that I work with are pretty much black-owned or you know black woman-led spaces, and so mm-hmm. I think that that's the highlight of of the agency because it it is so. Um, curved towards black owned businesses yeah. and black women owned businesses. And that's really something that our mission like reflects.
0: I love that. That's so dope. Thank that's you. so, so dope. And what is some of the, what are some of the commonalities or what is something that you notice since you do really focus on, um, I know that you've worked with, you know, other brands like target and, mm-hmm. you know, so many other um, beauty brands and, just corporations in general, but what is something that you love about working with black owned or or black and brown businesses the most? I think
1: that we, one, we are just the thread of the culture. Like we, we can, we are the, we dictate kind of the the trends. And so I see that with these smaller businesses, they're coming in and they're like, Hey, I have this idea and they just need somebody to carry it out. And so I think that just the creativity keeps me inspired and it keeps me um, invested in my business because it's, it's driving other businesses. So I'm putting money back into, you know, other black owned businesses by branding them and and making their brands palatable for the public. It's like, okay, now I'm putting something out into the world for you to put out that other people can buy into. And I think that that just keeps that wealth in our communities. Um, so I, that's something that I really love and enjoy that we can keep it, keep that thread going. And I think that it, it even shows that we're more, um, willing to lift each other up because it's a black owned brand hiring a black owned agency to brand them. And it's just, it's really special.
0: That is so dope. So, so dope. And it reminds me of Issa Rae's, um, you know, quote about networking across and really, you know, I think when it comes to social climbing or Mm -hmm. having, you know, even though we're in this creative space, there still is somewhat of a ladder. You know, there still are people that gatekeep. But networking across, yeah, yeah, networking across really allows you to see how much of these different businesses, companies, brands, they really have so much to offer within each other too. Like we don't always have to outsource like, we can keep it, you know, within the community if we learn how to, you know, connect those dots. Exactly. And I think
1: you said something about challenges. That's something that I noticed. Like there, even though, you know, I I do keep it, I try to keep it in the community. A lot of people don't, you know, and it is a lot of kind of clout chasing sometimes and and not wanting to network across and reach to your neighbor. And I'm very much a community oriented brand in person. So I see a lot of that, unfortunately, in our community, especially with each other. And I think that we would be better suited if we do, you know, reach across and and network across. But a lot of people, you know, don't want to do that. And they don't want to take that chance on a Black-owned brand, you know? So that is something that I see as a pitfall and a challenge within our own community and brands, for sure. Yeah.
0: What are some of the other challenges just in terms of it could be as, you know, with keeping a routine that is balanced for you or, mm, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. clientele that maybe was aligned at one point, but is no longer aligned with your goals. Like, yeah. what are some of the other challenges that you've experienced being a Ooh. creative entrepreneur? Um,
1: Being an entrepreneur has its pitfalls. I will say building my business, it's been very much like, just nose to the ground. Um, I would say capital is the issue across, like mm-hmm. just making sure you have the money to, to sustain your business. Um, yeah. I think when people start seeing you rise as well, it's interesting to see how that energy shifts.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: there are people who I was friends with before who saw me in the trenches with, you know, my corporate bringing, upbringing. I went to school with them and, you know, they um, I wouldn't say that I, I was described as a fuck up, but I definitely was the person who was like all over the place. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, are you in research? What do you do again? Like, you know, yeah. uh, and so seeing me kind of carve and forge my own path out, I think a lot of people uh, doubted me. During that time. And just like seeing how that energy has shifted is very interesting and challenging because people like to bring up the old you and the old version of things. Um, and they Talk don't really want to see you. Yeah. shine, You know, and I don't want to yeah. I don't even want to say I've reached my peak yet. You know, I'm still growing yeah. my business. I'm still learning. But a lot of people, you know, it, the, the hating was was a different thing um, yeah. because I'm not that's not my energy. So seeing a yeah. lot of people switch up was definitely challenging uh, for me. Ooh. Yeah, that that
0: hit home. Yeah, hit it was
1: it, it's, it's like you don't really realize that, you know, people are hating on you until it's like, wow, where is this energy coming from?
0: And then you have to realize that half the time, more than half the time, it's projection. projection, Half the time, it's people internalizing your lived experiences and inserting themselves in your reality. Mm -hmm. And I think we see that all the time on social media. We see that throughout, just in our relationships, our friendships, our social networks. And I think the awareness factor is so important, but just to. Just to hear that you, you know, deal with that as well. I think it just kind of. Yeah. Is and it sucks.
1: It really sucks because you, know, you think that people, especially when you're that type of person, like I'm, yes. I don't consider myself a hater. I'm very, I'm a girl's girl. I love oh, cheering. Okay. On. Yep. You, know, you know, I love cheering yep. everybody on. And so you think um, yeah. that other people are doing the same for you. So when you figure out yeah. like, oh, okay, this is actually not positive energy that you're sending me, it's very eye-opening, especially when it's coming from people in your own community. So I'll say that's my challenge. Like I do things in service to my community, but I also get some backlash for that
0: from my own community.
1: And that's hard. Yeah.
0: How do you create boundaries in that case? I mean, I, I feel 1000% everything that you, that you shared. And, you know, I know in my experience, I have learned to distinguish associates versus acquaintances versus people in my network versus like close friends. Mm -hmm. I've had to literally start compartmentalizing so that I don't put these expectations on someone who is an associate versus someone who's a close friend. But I'd love to hear how you have learned how to create those boundaries or yeah
1: so I just I'll be honest I used to be an overshare and I used to really you know especially coming up with like business wise and personal I used to just Mm. share everything about my journey because I'm thinking we're in this together y'all are watching me grow in real time I think I've become a little bit more recluse you know I don't share myself as much I am I I gatekeep myself essentially I think that my energy is special and it should be reserved for people who are deserving of that. Um, And that's not to say that the internet is not deserving of that, but I just pick and choose. And I'm more selective of what I share, when I share, who I share it with. Um, I have very strict boundaries on my social media time. Like You can DM me all day, but I'm not going to respond when you want me to respond you know I have a 50 other things going on I just keep my boundaries when it comes to you know what people know about me what I tell people what I share um and I used to just be a little bit more transparent but I've kind of kept that a little bit more guarded now that I've gotten older and a little bit more um you know uh yeah solidified in my career
0: yes we love that we love that I know all the (laughs) I could just imagine like all the like the water signs being like yes protect your peace because you know (laughs) one thing about a scorpio and a pisces they're gonna be private you're not gonna hear nothing yeah Um, I used to feel like I used to
1: I Mm -hmm. used to feel like I should share more and I yeah you know what I mean especially in social media like we feel like we've got to share all of our things I always wanted to be like real and make sure that people saw the good with the bad but a lot of people don't deserve that and they're just collecting information you know so taking out, notes like yeah taking notes <laughs> like yeah this is this is her her downfall this is her weakness and so i've just had to figure out you know yeah. who i'm going to be able to pour into uh and, yeah. and who i have to be a little bit more secretive with and i think gatekeeping my energy has been my biggest thing that yeah. i have done
0: yes my mom has uh you know instilled in me um i grew up in like a christian household and um, although my spirituality has evolved a lot since then, Same. Um, Same. Yeah. <laughs> although it's evolved a lot um, since then, she always used to tell me that I had um, a lot of discernment mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. using discernment in your life is so important. And that's something that has stuck with me like throughout my life now is like knowing just having that intuition that knowing and understanding will take you so far um and that's a muscle
1: you have to build that's a muscle you have to build over time um like I said I was not very discerning when I was coming Uh, up and even in college I just you know anybody who would be willing to be my friend we're friends you're my bestie we're buying shots you know
0: and um
1: it's a slippery slope when you're a giver because a lot of people are just takers you know So you got to learn to discern who's there for you and who's just there for the ride. And that was hard for me for a while.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, But growth, growth is here, you know, and evolving and learning from those experiences only makes us so much wiser in the end of the day. Um, I love that so much. And I resonate so deeply with that. I want to hear more about Colt Farms, Mm -hmm. which is your farm that you own. Um, if that doesn't scream multi-hyphenate, I don't know what does. No. People look at my the... stories and they're like, girl, how in the hell? <laughs> I know. I saw, <laughs> I saw your tweet the other day. I was on Twitter and I saw, um, you posted like you're picking, hand picking cucumbers and tomatoes. And someone was like, girl, how much time do you have in the day? You're like, my days are long. My days, my are, days long. are long. long. I was like,
1: I mean, long." I feel that.
0: Yeah. yeah I mean, so... I don't have a farm, but I can only imagine how long those days are. Yeah. But tell us more yeah. about yeah. Colt Farm and what your day-to-day is sure. like? Sure. So yes.
1: Colt Farms came to be... Mm-hmm. Um, COVID was hard. I I lost a lot of people in my family um, beginning in twenty, late 2019 till about 2021. I lost nine people mm-hmm. in my family. My dad passed. Mm-hmm. My granny passed. My grandfather passed. My aunts passed. So everyone who um, this farm belonged to yeah. died. And it was very... Uh-huh devastating for me. I had no clue. You know, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I grew up out here. I would come out here during the summer um, and hang out with my great grandparents, but I never thought that it would be, I, I knew that it was like a line of succession pretty yeah. much. Um, but yeah, so this farm belongs to my paternal family's side um, wow. and my dad's parents' parents owned this property. Um so before we bought this land, we worked the land. So it's been in our family since like the seventeen hundreds. All the way What? Yeah. So it's 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 a long time That's coming. Insane. Yeah. And we actually owned way more land than this, but we've sold it to a lot of uh, businesses around the area. Wow! But yeah, we, I, I didn't think that it was such a big deal growing up. And I actually hated coming out here because I'm like, Ugh, it's just boring and a plot of land. Yeah. But over time I was taught the significance of that and that it wasn't a normal thing at all, actually. Um, so yeah, I had nine people pass from COVID and, um, I just kind of came into it. My family, we were discussing how we were going to move forward with it um, because it's expensive to upkeep and maintain. And originally we were going to sell it, but I just couldn't, I couldn't let us do that. I have too many Mm -hmm. memories out here and, you know, our family lineage is out here. Like we have a, um, we have a, Lord, what is it called? a cemetery. Sorry, I lost oh, the word. Yes. We have a cemetery where all of my paternal lineage is buried. So my grandparents wow. are buried out there. My aunts, my great-grandparents, their parents are all buried there. And my dad is buried there too. So oh. um, all of them are buried on this plot of land and it's, it's really significant. Yeah. So I decided yeah. to, instead of uh, selling it and getting the money, um, I just was like, I'll move out there and I'll take over the expenses. Yeah. And so I did that in 2021 and I've been pretty much revitalizing it because we've had, in the beginning, um, back when I was little, we had horses and cows and like just yeah. a big farm, working farm. Um, but over time, you know, that dissipated and and uh, it just kind of became this land that was overgrown and not taken care of anymore. And so now I'm revitalizing the land. I have a developer out here that Comes out here to help me figure out where we're going to put all the plots and stuff like that. I have my own little garden and it's just a
0: lot. To, it's a lot. Are y'all hearing this? Like, <laughs> that, first of all, I am blown away by how just I can't even wrap my head around how much pressure that must have been on you to literally take your family's legacy and not only take it but run with it. So I salute you. Thanks. I'm giving Thanks. you all the flowers. Um you know, I'm sending you so much love Thank because you. I Thank just know that your loved ones and your family um are so proud of you Thank for you. taking Thank on you. this legacy. This yeah. is huge yeah. and that is incredible. Um what was it like, you know, being someone who's In a completely different industry, like has your own business, an entrepreneur, and then being like, wait, now I need to take on this role as leading and taking over my family's farm and their their land. And this is not, to me, it sounds like it's way more than just farm. Like this is your family's legacy. This is their you know, it your wasn't heritage. just
1: the, yeah. So a lot of people, I think there's a misconception there. Like a lot of people think like I'm running a farm. Like it's way more than that, you know? Um, yeah. Like I said, it's dating back to the 1700s. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I felt immense pressure to move out here and keep this land going. Yeah. Um, and before I moved out here, I had to do a lot of changes to even get the house that I'm living in and work in order. My great-grandfather mm-hmm. built this house and um, I had to get it, you know, up to, to code to live in. Um, so it was a lot of pressure. It was a lot of pressure. I took on a lot of roles that I had no clue. You know, I've never been taught this. I, even though I was yeah. around, uh, I was yeah. a kid during those times. And, you know, I no one told me the steps to running a farm. And so it's been a lot of just nose to the ground, just like starting a whole other business, pretty much Um, researching, talking to my neighbors, getting to know people. I spent the first year just going to my neighbors, you know, farms and learning how to upkeep the land and figuring out who to hire to outsource things so I can keep my business running while everyone else is running the show out there. And so it's yeah. it's been a hard adjustment, uh, especially coming from the city I, and not knowing anything about country life. I think that I've adjusted now, m- my second year in, but the first year it was rough and I didn't realize how rough of a transition it was because not only was I yeah. taking on such a huge task because it's 47 acres of land. So it's so much land, mm-hmm. um, Wow, yeah, That's- it's so much land, but mm-hmm. also it's expensive. To maintain. Yes. So that was an added kind of pressure, you know, because <laughs> the house I was living in, I wasn't yes. paying rent. It was none of that. And so I would go from there to having to take care of all of this land. It, it was a lot. Yes. Um, yes. But I've made it work. I've made it work. And uh, I've, I've bought some tractors and I rent those out to people. And, I, you know, I, I don't know how I keep it going. I'm going to be honest. People ask me that all the time. I have no clue. My days start at like 5 a.m. and I'm outside from probably 5 a.m. to like 9 a.m. I have um, my business set up where I don't get started work until like 11 a.m. So I work from eleven to like maybe four every day, and then Mm -hmm. uh, the rest of the day is kind of whatever else needs to get handled. But time management is kind of up in the air because every day looks different. I could be outside for hours, or I could, you know, have people here that are that's doing work, and you know, I have calls with the agency. So it's actually fun to me um, because I think that the monotony of clinical research was something that I hated so much, and so now my life is just so. All over the place that it's like I actually like it. It's a
0: calm chaos that I I like yes. to it. That is incredible. Thank that you. is incredible. So so dope. Um, by any chance, do you know your human design type? Oh my gosh! So I looked into <laughs> that.
1: Somebody told me to look into that. I think I'm a projector. Really? Okay. I'm a projector,
0: but okay. I align
1: more with the manifesting generator to
0: me yeah Um, I was gonna say it sounds I don't know I I don't
1: really know much about human design but there are some projector things that resonate with me but
0: I resonate Mm -hmm. with the manifesting generator for sure the multi-hyphenate part is like it's jumps out so (laughs) I was just like here's some like because I'm also a manifesting generator but yeah you literally are like it's like Hannah Montana, but... Yeah, it's <laughs> with like a hood, cream Hannah and Montana. Exactly, like, I,
1: I really can't describe it. And I honestly did not think that it was so... Um, other people tell me how kind of incredible it is. But it's, I think when yeah, we when we look at ourselves and I just kind of, like, downplay it, I'm like, well, it's not that yeah. much, but I guess yeah. it is, you know? When I talk to other people, they're like, girl, please. <laughs> and then here I am thinking about going to law school like
0: please like please don't don't do another thing no I honestly feel like you don't realize how crazy your life is or how like unbelievable or like I guess exciting or unusual I guess is the better word your life is until you tell someone like what you do and then they're like damn and you're like oh Right. And, you know, yeah. so you sit down playing because this is your life. This is not like this is, you know, what you share what people see on social media. Right. You know, that's the only perception they're really getting if they don't know you personally. Exactly. Right. But this is your life. This is your day to day. So, you know, maybe to to some folks like they're like, I can't even imagine, but you're like, oh, this is my, this is is not every day. And then I'm
1: like, oh my God, your life is so lit. You know? So (laughs) I think I need to do a better job at sitting back and just relishing in the things that I've accomplished. I've lived a pretty crazy life, you know? Um, And I've had a lot of challenges and a lot of ups too. So yeah. um, I would say that's my thing I need to work on. is just like giving myself yes. a little more credit,
0: you know? Yes. Let's give ourselves our flowers. Yeah. You know, that's what we're all about. And that's what we try to do here at The Soft Life is, you know, give all the incredible human beings that we have the honor of speaking to their flowers and just remind them of, of who they are and tell their story in their own words. Um, but let's talk about social media for a little bit, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I know that you have a presence on multiple platforms. Yeah. Twitter. <laughs> now everywhere. we got threads. <laughs> I'm everywhere. Oh my God. It's, it's like, yeah, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, but what is your relationship like with social media? Being a full-time, um, you know, creative entrepreneur, having a business that, you know, you also share a lot of your work online. Mm. Um, tell us what your relationship is like. Is it toxic? Social, is it, it uh, healthy? You know, I've...
1: <laughs> I will say the farm changed my life when it came to social media because Mm -hmm. it taught me about slowing down. I think if I were, because my goal, I was gonna move to like either LA or Atlanta um, Mm -hmm. before this. And I I can't see it now because I was already like, I I basically live in between two worlds. The outside world with the farm is a slow paced environment. I'm in nature all Mm -hmm. day. Um, the inside when I'm doing this, when I'm on social, that is the fast paced world of marketing, social, all of that. Um, So I've learned balance with social because I used to be outside. I used to be, and that was my oversharing phase when I used to just Mm. share everything, be everywhere, do all the things. Now I would say I have a more recluse presence and I'm very selective about what I share. And yeah. Uh, it's a little bit more calculated. Um, And I don't want to say that it's not authentic, but it's just I'm more selective with what I decide to share. Right. And right. I think that my relationship is better with it now. My job requires me to be online all the time. Either I am online, you know, figuring out what the hell is threads, you know, like, <laughs> what the fuck are, we, are we doing on here? You know, trying to keep my ear to the streets yeah. you know, so that yes. people yep. can. So that I can give my clients that information. So, you know, it's it's it. I don't want to say it's toxic. Some people may think it is, but I definitely know when to shut it off. I know when to be yeah. quiet and to just go ghost. Yes. Sometimes I'll go ghost for a week or two on Instagram yeah. and I won't post. And I've, I've found that that's what I need when it's time to pull mm-hmm. back, when it's time to take a break. I know how to do yes. that now. Before I had no balance with that. I would be online all day, all night and had a full day the next day doing it again. And I never knew when to like shut it off, you know?
0: Yeah. I'm Honestly, that leads perfectly into my next question, which is what do you do when you're reaching creative burnout? But it sounds like you already got it down pat. You got the system. I mean, I've
1: been like running on burnout for so long that when I finally hit rock bottom, rock bottom for me, um, didn't even know I was really sick. But I went to the doctor and I was like, hey, I have a headache. And the Mm -hmm. doctor was like, we ran tests and she was like, girl, I don't even know how you are functioning I had a a kidney infection from not drinking water uh, or holding my pee when I'm sitting at the desk just you know not even thinking about it like oh I'm gonna finish this and then I'll go use the bathroom but ended up getting like a kidney infection and I had all kind of issues and so that's when I realized like okay We've got to find a balance because there's nobody here telling me, hey, you need to get off the phone. You know, there's nobody directing me to do those things. So I had to figure that out on my own. Um, I don't travel as much as I would love to because of the farm. Mm -hmm. I have to be here. right? Um, But I do do things like I take baths a lot. I read a... a, I
0: know, I see. Yeah,
1: that's my... I'm a water kind of baby. So water... Makes me just relax. So I I take baths. I shut down for a week or two. So I'm, I, every month I try to just have a no social media week. So you know, usually when yeah. you don't see me online, I'm in my little cave. You know, uh, I read. I go outside. I play with my niece. My niece has her own business. She's an artist, and so I help her That's with so that. Dope. Yeah. So I just do things with family. I, I spend time literally outside. I don't even you know touch yes. social media for that week
0: yeah you're literally touching grass which touching is what grass. more of us <laughs> that's <laughs> what more of us need to do is I go run outside, outside, outside in the this
1: rain i'll run butt naked in the rain like i do all kind of ah, stuff yeah out here because there's it. so much land nobody can see me So yes. just, I, I i indulge in all of my senses
0: I love that you are. No, you're literally living like you're living the dream, like just that freedom. Tell
1: me that. Thank you.
0: You are. Thank you. 1000%. We love it. I'm going to vicariously teleport myself to (laughs) a farm. Yeah. (laughs) So I can frolic, but naked, and just let go. That's probably what I will say with that.
1: Sometimes that makes me feel insecure. I'll I'll be real with you. Sometimes that Mm. makes me feel insecure a little bit because my content doesn't look like everyone else's. And I'm like, am I boring? Because a lot no. of people are like, girl, why are you living out in the middle of nowhere? You need to be in a city thriving. And I'm like, well, this is kind of my circumstance. But when I see yeah. other people and they're going to all these events and stuff like that, yes. I will say on social media, I have to, I'm weary of that. I'm like, don't mm-hmm. compare yourself yes. to what you're seeing. Yes. Um, But sometimes I'm like, my content is not like popping enough, you know, because <laughs> I, do the, I do the same kind incredible. of shit every day.
0: Thank you. I, I, I'll be I'll be waiting for your stories, Aww. just so you know. I'm like, I'm ready. Too. And your Thank TikToks. You. I love your TikToks. <laughs> Thank you so much. i would be ready to just, like, honestly, it's refreshing. And being someone, I, as you know, live in New York. I live in Harlem. I love it. Mm-hmm. But it's a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. Like, I want to go outside. But for New Yorkers to go outside, we have to plan to go outside. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if I wanted to go to the park right now, that's a good, like, 10 minute walk from yeah, where I am you know what yeah. I'm saying it's like it's not like natural for us to just like be surrounded by nature the times I went um, to New York
1: it was overstimulating for me oh yeah it yeah so overstimulating. it's, I it's loved a lot it, but it was a lot
0: <laughs> it is a lot it's a lot and I I do sometimes wonder I'm like what would my nervous system be like if I was in a different environment sometimes and just knowing that you you know have that like Ability and that freedom to just go outside and dance in the rain, like that is that's some Drew Barrymore shit right there. I literally (laughs) be on,
1: literally, like the other day, I was just like, it was raining so hard, and I was just like, I'm feeling stressed. I'm gonna take off all my clothes and I'm going outside and running in this rain, and it just was so good for my like inner child. So I do stuff like that. that. Yeah,
0: I love that. Wow, that just like that just puts some life in me. I needed to hear that. Thank you so much. Um, I want to hear more about the community and the support system that you've built um, in your neighborhood, in your home, in your environment. Um, How, I know that you mentioned your neighbors helped a lot with, you know, the initial, I guess, ownership or kind of taking over the cult farms. But what... In what ways has community, whether it's your neighbors or people in your, your local area or, you know, friends and family, how have they supported your healing journey? Oh,
1: um, so my neighbors have been really essential in just helping me acclimate out here. Um, mm-hmm. I, I honestly could not do it without them. And it was hard for me because I'm used to growing up in a black environment and we own the largest property out where I am. So I'm surrounded by, you know, white people. And that was something Mm -hmm. that I wasn't initially comfortable with because I wasn't used to interacting with a bunch of white people all the time. And so when I... (laughs) Finally, moved out here. They already knew who my family was. And, you know, they were like, oh my gosh, like I felt like they just were looking out for me. So, my neighbor, yeah. I say my neighbor, but my neighbor is like way down. Like, I'm the only one on my street. <laughs> so, when I say neighbor, I oh, mean wow. like another street over. Um, they come over with their, you know, dogs and they help me put stuff out in the yard. They help me put my flag up. Like, um, they really, really look out for me because they know I'm out here by myself. And so um, they make sure that I'm okay and kind of make sure, you know, ensure my safety. So I love that. And I love that they're helping me, you know, learn about farming and agriculture. I know nothing about it. So they're like, okay, this is the season that strawberries grow. If you're trying to grow some strawberries, put the seeds down now. So it's stuff like that that I really, really love that they're helping me build onto my family's legacy. So I'll say they're a part of my community. Definitely. Um, online community, it's been nothing but like love. People show me love all the time. They shout me out. They write me DMs. And, you know, I think that's just because I've been transparent about my journey and people look out for me, you know, especially during when I lost my dad and, you know, my granny, those are really two pivotal people in my life. And a lot of people really came together and, um, just put their arms around me. You know, my mom, yeah. even though my mom, she I don't see her often, but she lives across town and she comes out here and sits with me and, you know, greases my scalp and we sit and talk Aww. on the porch and stuff like that. So I have a really good built-in community in different places with my neighbors, family, uh, online community. Uh, they show up for me in different ways, but it's always just pouring yeah. into me and giving me that word of encouragement because I need that sometimes
0: you know? Yes. You know. Yeah. Yes. And like, I love, I love that. And, you know, we always, always, always say that like at Sadie um, there is no self-care without community care and yes. vice versa. Like, yes. There really is yes. no, there's no self-care without community care. So knowing that you have those people in your life that are able to hold you and be there for you and with mm-hmm. you and support you and walk alongside you is pivotal because you can't do this work you know, by yourself, Um, even though you are doing, you know, a lot of it independently, it's still, it's like having those support anchors is crucial with the type of work. You'll
1: never hear me say that I'm self-made because even though this has been a solitary journey. yeah. Like you said, it's been an independent journey. I'm building a business kind of by myself. It hasn't been by myself. Like I would not have been able to do this without my family, without yes. my online community, without my neighbors, you know? So um, a lot of people brag about being self-made, me, 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 but I, I really would not be here without community. Like that is-
0: 1,000%. Yeah. 1,000%. We, I literally just tweeted that the other day. Like we need to Dead that term, like yeah. self me, there is no such thing. Because, and if
1: you are claiming that, then yeah there's, there's something there that needs to be worked yes because you're not embracing your community, you know.
0: Exactly. Or yeah. you're neglecting yeah. or ignoring though the hands, whether they're visible or invisible. Who've right. really like you know, helped you get there and yeah. like prayed over you or giving you food, whatever exactly. it is. Yeah, everything counts, everything counts. Um I want to know more about what your creative muses are or your mm. your inspiration mm. as a creative. Um, I have a lot are, of yeah, yeah, so I tap into, like, I am
1: a very analog kind of girl when it comes to that. Like, I, I try not to be on a lot of different people's stuff because subconsciously you, you know you get that. And I I think that that can pour into your work sometimes. So I'm really big on like, I'm a whimsical person. Like I love Disney movies and just like fairy tales and stuff like that, which is playing off of fairy brand. But I watch Mm -hmm. a lot of Disney and like animation and I read a lot, you know, just to get um, my, my juices flowing. So I would say, Muses. I don't really have like a creative muse that I look to. I love, um, let's see, Tracy Ellis Ross. I love her. Yes. everything she represents. I think that she's from top to bottom like that girl. Uh, yeah, you know, I say of course I love her work ethic. Um, I look to different people for different things, but I don't have any one muse. I, I kind of try to just go out and and get inspiration from different things, from nature, from you know a movie or something like that. So I don't really have like a a set muse, but I have people that I admire. Yeah.
0: Yes. I think it's so important to keep your, uh, I guess, channels of inspiration really open and really clear and not fog them up so much with like, you know, what someone else is doing or with like another, like, uh, creative is doing and kind of like fall into that comparison trap so because yeah, I done love that. hearing that
1: I've done that and it's it's hard to get out of that when you're looking at other people's stuff all the time um so I I salute my girls in the same industry but I try not to you know yes. ingest too much so it doesn't you know
0: subconsciously come out of me exactly so, exactly 1000 percent um And my last question for you is what does softness mean to you as a black woman? Oh,
1: Lord. I had trouble embracing softness because I have been so hard, like it, even my day to day being outside, like that is kind of a hard job because I'm, I'm digging and pulling and, and all that type of stuff. But I think that softness to me just means embracing femininity, embracing being, uh, embracing being. Like, instead of, like, forcing anything, just letting whatever it is flow. My dad always used to say, be like water. Let things flow off of you. Don't be, you know, a dam and hold everything in. Like, be soft. Let the water flow. Let things flow. Let what people say about you flow. Let the creativity flow. So that's softness to me, just letting things flow, letting things be, and not forcing anything. Um, Because when you have to force, that's where that toughness and hardness comes out, you know? Um, so, yeah, letting things flow means easing into that softness.
0: That is beautiful. That's a sound bite right there, period. period. <laughs> Mic drop. I That's so it. beautiful. That's so beautiful. Um, before we wrap up, of course, we have to do our rapid fire oh, section. Yes. So, little drum roll. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, First question is, what are your three go-to self-care practices when you need a little pick-me-up?
1: Smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, music. I blast music all day. So uh, mm-hmm. I I will jam out. Right now, I've been listening to the Flyana. What is that? Uh, the girl that like runs...
0: Oh yes. That's yes. been
1: so, kind of too. my that's, yeah, that's been mm-hmm. my go to. So blasting that full blast. Um and eating. Oh my gosh. I love a decadent <laughs> eating experience, right? Like so I love going out to eat, getting me a little cocktail. That's an instant pick-me-up.
0: Yes. We love a good meal. Yes. That's yeah. like on it it automatically boosts you mean. Oh, um, yeah. sure. um, okay. Next question is, what has been your favorite nail set that you have done so far? Because you have the most Pinterest-worthy nail sets. If y'all don't know what I'm talking about, again, you need to follow Dom, because what are you doing? I'm about to
1: get a really <laughs> dope set. Uh, I've been on a nail break since I since it's been summer, and I've been outside so much, but I'm about mm-hmm. to get this really dope set. I can't wait to show you. Um, my favorite set would be the... Um, I did some nails that were like it looked like weather like a storm uh broadcast. The you know what I'm talking
0: about? Heat map. Yes. Yeah, the heat map. Yes. The heat map. Yes. That those yes. are my
1: favorite. Between those and the sky set that I did the the sky yes. French set. Those are my two faves. But my girl kills fire. it every time.
0: That's so dope. So so dope. Yeah, if y'all are not following um Check out her nail sets; they are incredible works Thank of art. Thank you. Um, okay, next question is: What is your favorite brand of champagne? Because I know you love your champagne.
1: Ooh, um, <laughs> so I am collabing with. I I don't even know how to say their name correct. I say Moet, but I know it's not Moet.
0: I think it's Mo. It's Moet. Right? I it's Moet. Moet. I think the T silent. We yeah. know what you mean. Girl. You know what I mean. But <laughs> yep. I, I uh,
1: have a collab coming up with them soon. So, <laughs> yeah. so them, I would say. Uh, I, I love, I love their brand, and uh, I, I owned every every bottle. I have a, I have a bottle waiting for me when we get done
0: <laughs> for Friday. Period. Period. Oh my God! I cannot wait to see this collab. This is going to be so you. dope. Congrats in Thank advance. You. Thank you. That's amazing um okay so you are Moe girl Moe girl period. um we love okay next question insecure the show or girlfriends
1: oh so i rewatched girlfriends and it was kind of problematic uh for me <laughs> so i'm gonna go with insecure yeah. i'm gonna go with insecure um insecure was problematic too in some points but yeah, I, I, I like insecure i'll choose that
0: fair fair yeah i Definitely, I think any show before the year 2015. Yes, yeah, <laughs> pretty it's much. Going to be a little problematic. Yeah. Yep, so I would everything. I would say
1: Insecure, and it's it's definitely um, it parallels my life in a lot of ways.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. I feel that. I feel that. Okay. Um, next question is: What are your favorite and least favorite things about your zodiac sign? Oh. Oh, my gosh. Your sun sign. My um, sun sign. Yes. My
1: favorite thing about Leo's is that we just fire signs in general, fire sign women, especially. You can tell like it's a it's a, a, vibe. It's a vibe. Yeah, it's a vibe that you get. It's from So I think that I uh, have a way of getting attention in any room I go in. Or even social media, I feel like it's prominent. So I I would say that. Leo's standout. We're definitely a standout sign. Uh, my least favorite thing is the fieriness sometimes. Sometimes I can be a little... I can go a little too far. <laughs> so I have to watch my mouth. I have to watch my mouth. Because <laughs> Leo's, we're, were fiery for sure, for
0: sure. Oh my gosh. Honestly, same, 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 same. I was reflecting on... Um what is like my toxic trait? And I'm like, definitely jumping into conclusions. Like that's one of my, that's a sport. I'm like, oh, I'm a jump. I'm a jump. And
1: even if I, even if I fall and break something, we still jumping, you know?
0: (laughs) And the craziest part is like, doubling down and then like at the end of the day I'm like I just laugh it off I'm a double down
1: I'm a double down I've done that publicly (laughs) and gotten dragged before so that's a good lesson to learn but yeah I will I will double down I will jump to a conclusion and I will be completely strong and wrong and still do it loud and wrong loud and wrong (laughs) loud and wrong wrong.
0: oh my gosh I I feel seen I feel so seen (laughs) um Okay, last question are, what are your three must thing, must, what are your three things that you must bring for a weekend getaway?
1: Ooh, um, let me see if, ooh, a weekend getaway, what do I bring? I have to bring a bag of some sort, like some type of accessory, like it has to be, it has to pop, some type of popping accessory for sure, um, because that's how I express myself. Yes. Uh, a book because i like to like usually when i go on vacation i'm you know i'll go and read or sleep somewhere i just came from atlanta and miami for a couple of weeks and i just read yeah. and slept the whole time so um yeah so a good book and hmm i hate to say my laptop cuz that's so boring but like i am a creative so if i have that yeah. inspiration in the middle of somewhere i need to be able to get to it quickly
0: and like get it yes. out. Of me. We love it. Well, thank you so much, Dom. I had an amazing, amazing time Me too. speaking me too. with you and connecting with you and getting to learn more about you and your story. You are amazing. You are a light, thank a you. force and all the things and more. So thank you for being here. Thank Where you. can the baddies find you and follow you?
1: You can follow me um, on okay. Instagram at Fairy mm-hmm. Bramova underscore. Um, I am the same name across all platforms. You can find me literally anywhere, everywhere. Same okay. name.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And we'll have, of course, all the links to your um, cult creative agency, cult okay. farms okay. and all the things in the show notes. But thank you so much Perfect. for being here. Well, thank
1: you so much, Priscilla. I appreciate you. Thank you for everything you do.
0: Of course. Thank you so much. Introducing Saddie Baddie's very first product, My Journey to Self Love. The Ultimate Self-Care Guide by Sadi Baddies. Your transformational self-care journey starts right here. We've created the ultimate self-care guide just for you with over 60 pages designed to help you discover wellness routines and practices that actually fit your fast-paced lifestyle. Designed to be completed within eight weeks, this self-care guide encourages you to take simple practical steps through introspection and awareness to deepen your self-discovery and healing journey. To stay connected, join Sadie Baddies on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and more, and sign up for our monthly newsletter on SadieBaddies.com to stay in the loop. Sending you hella love, and stay soft, baddie.